0: Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions.
1: Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Brad from New Jersey. Thank you for all that you guys do. I listen to your show every day to and from work. If someone were considering joining KPP Financial and having you guys manage their money, what exactly happens?
0: And provides unbiased answers.
2: When someone comes aboard, our custodian that we use is TDM Ameritrade. So if you're at some other custodian than that, we'd have to open up a new account and transfer your old account to the new account. But the object is to get you into the same position we have for ourselves, for all our clients in the particular program that you're in, because we want your performance to be exactly as my performance.
0: InvestTalk. Over 36 million downloads and counting across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast
3: is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President, KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
2: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, December fourteenth, two thousand twenty-one. Of course, we're moving through the month pretty fast. Tell I me, mean, what's a mid-month now? And then the year will end. So just remember anything you can do to save some tax payments you need to do in December. Now, of course, there's, you know, the 401ks and IRAs you can contribute up until for this year, up until next April 15th. But, you know, tax loss on is is something you can do and you need to do it. So please take a look at that stuff for yourself. Um. What's going on? Well, the Fed is meeting. We're going to know what they're going to say tomorrow, and I think that's what's bothering the market the last couple days. What is the Federal Reserve going to say? What is Powell going to say when they get out of that meeting? Well, we're going to find out tomorrow. We'll talk about it, I'm sure. I don't think it's going to be anything dramatic, uh, and we'll see. Uh, They're not going to raise interest rates anytime soon, that's for sure. But they may say... They might start looking at inflation. I mean, it's pretty high. Maybe they're going to – are they going to – they have been saying all along that it's temporary for all of this year. This whole year they've been saying it's just a temporary situation. Well, it's last a year, and it looks like it's going to go into next year. So at some point they're going to say, hmm, maybe it's not temporary. But it's not out of control either. It's what, 6%? Okay, that's high. We're no, used to two, two and a half, right? Two and a half percent. The long-term average, what? Three for the United States, and we're at six. So it's not 10%, 12 and I don't think it's going there. And I think we we've, we've seen the peak, but we'll we'll know that as the months go on in the next year. Well, let's. We we'll always start the podcast with the same mission statement: independent thinking and shared success. And of course, that's we say that to try to tell you, try to inform you that we're going to do this show as best we can with just the facts, without any bias. We'll explain as best we can. We don't have a lot of time to explain things, or we can't get into things very deeply, but we can look at things and give you some idea. But when we tell you about a stock, you still got to do some more work, because we're not looking at the balance sheets, we're not looking at competitors, we're just looking at that company, you know, at that, it's a snapshot of that company so just remember that i'm steve peasley and of course i encourage you encourage you to contact me with your financial investment questions that's what this show is all about you get to drive it wherever you want to go and anything along the financial lines is fine with me so you can call right now you can drive it right now we're live four to five pacific time that means we're live right this minute the number is always the same Eight 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 ninety nine 99 chart 888-992-4278. And as you know, we like to get right to it. So let's get to the first caller question. Jeffrey in El Paso. Hi, Jeffrey.
0: Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. I'm wondering if I could get your thoughts on uh, Oklahoma gas and electric ticker Oscar Golf Echo. I bought sure. the dip back in late February. And I'm worried that uh, the rising rates and uh, the high inflation might hurt utilities. Uh, Do you think it's time to sell and take the profits?
2: I don't know. Did you buy it for the dividend? Uh, Dividend and possible capital appreciation. Okay. So you've had a little bit of capital appreciation from February, it looks like. Yes. So you've had some capital appreciation. Uh, The dividend is 4.5% at this point. It's a thirty-six dollars and thirty-one cents stock. OGE Energy Corp. provides electricity um, services to about a million, a little less than a million customers in Oklahoma and western Arkansas. Sales are, are rising. Um, debt, yeah, I don't care about that too much because it's a utility. Utilities are very stable. So when I say stable, they don't get too excited. I mean. They don't go up tremendously, but they also don't go down tremendously. The high for this stock in the last five or ten years is about forty-six. Okay. So it's probably not gonna go above forty-six and yet thirty-six now. The average, it's right, it's kind of near the high of its average. Okay, price. So it wouldn't hurt my feelings if you took some profits off the table. Is it is it in a taxable account?
0: Yes, um, I was just wondering since the one year mark is coming up, whether I should wait for the full year or if it's too risky due to the uh, the inflation and the rising interest rates. Uh, I,
2: I I think I would wait if I were in your shoes. When's a full year for you? February, March again. Uh, February,
1: late February.
2: I I might not wait for the full year, but I think I'd wait at least till January second. And that way, uh, the any capital gains. Do you have any capital losses that you can apply to this capital gain if you took it?
0: Uh, yes, I didn't follow your uh, your guidance on Chinese tech, so I have some.
2: Well, then I would I would sell back and and use my tax tax losses, but I don't necessarily get out completely. I would probably sell back as much as I can. To, uh, and sell my tax, do my tax loss selling so I don't have to pay any taxes and then wait till after the beginning of the year to sell the rest if you want to get out. But it is a very nice dividend payer and it's something you could hold on to for a long term if you want to. Thanks for the call, Jerry. Appreciate it. My focus point today is based on the story. Should you own bonds when yields are so low? Bond yields we're talking about. Should you own them? You know, that's kind of an interesting question. Um, I can I can tell you off the bat in most uh, older people's cases, yes. Most younger people's cases, no. Now, that's not what the article says. It Doesn't even talk about age of people or anything like that. And we'll get into that. But for me, thinking about it, the you know, you're if you have lots of time, you don't need to be in bonds at this point. If you have lots of time before you retire, before you really need this money, before you can't afford to take any big losses, then you need to take risk. Now, you need to manage your risk, but we'll get into we'll get into the bond question when we get a chance. Also, I also want to talk about, um, is the Fed behind the curve when it comes to inflation? Remember, they're meeting. We're going to find out tomorrow. But are they behind the curve already? And I will say this. Over history, and I've been watching the market for decades, Over history, they usually are behind (laughs) when you look back and see what they do when they do it. Usually, they are behind, usually. Uh, So, the market usually leads. The market is pretty, it seems to be pretty knowledgeable. Toyota, they're going to spend $70 billion to electrify their fleet. Surprisingly, though... They're not as bullish on electric cars as other manufacturers. And they're the world's largest car manufacturer. So uh, we'll talk about that. And former Treasury Lawrence Summers says markets are at risk of spontaneous deflating. Huh. He thinks the market's at risk for spontaneous deflating. It's just, da, today it's deflating. Gone down X percent. That's like the 1987 crash. remember that? The market was down 20% in one day. But, you know, the market was down all month before that happened. Did you know that? Not a lot, but just weakened and weakened and weakened. And there were specific reasons. Um, but well, well, those are the things we can talk about. Of course, you come first. Okay, so whatever you want to talk about, we'll talk about it. Uh, my trivia question today concerns how to be a smart candidate when you go when going after the job you want. Okay, how to be smart about that? So that's going to be my trivia question. Okay, the market today: Dow was down 107, the Nasdaq down 175, and the S and P down 35. So it's a big uh, wasn't a big down day, but another down day. I wouldn't, shouldn't be surprised with the Fed coming out, the meeting today, and they're coming out tomorrow with their announcement of what they're going to do. The market doesn't like uncertainty, and you know that if you've listened to the show for any length of time. Anytime the market feels uncertain, it's going to go down. It likes certainty, right? So, of course, the market deals with something that is extremely uncertain. That's corporate profits and economies and. Uh, you know, things from left field, like a coronavirus. I mean, market deals with things that, with the environment they're in, it is totally uncertain. But the market loves certainty and doesn't like uncertainty. This, I, I, You know, the problem with this whole stock market growing your portfolio and all that other crap, the problem is, it's a, it's something that's, A completely different language than what you're probably used to. And it's hard. The language is never clear. It changes. Definitions change. Circumstances change. So it's very difficult to learn all the ins and outs. But you can do it. You you can simplify it for yourself. You can. Don't ever think you can't. You can. Okay? We're moving into a break. But here's a quick reminder: if you missed our recent wealth webinar, "Investing in an Inflationary World," which, of course, we are dealing with, you can watch it for free. Start at InvestTalk.com, click on the webinar, or go to the InvestTalk YouTube channel. We're heading into a break. My phone lines are open. 888-99 charts.
0: The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief risk alize quiz.
2: Eighty-eight, ninety-nine chart Let's talk to Corey of Monterey. How are you doing, Corey? Hey, great, Steve. How are you? Good, thank you.
1: Yeah, I had a, a question on Cardinal Health uh, CAH. It's a small position in my portfolio, and uh, the reason why I bought it was kind of for the dividend um, and, and as well as I like the sector uh, for, for health huh? services uh, and kind of distribution. Um, uh-huh. I, I guess my question is, what are your thoughts on the company, company and kind of the sector overall and, and would you ever uh, where would you add to this position?
2: I actually like Cardinal Health uh, a lot. Distributes branded and generic pharmaceuticals, over-the-counter health healthcare and consumer products, okay? They have er- increased their earnings every year for years now. Even during the COVID period, they they increased their earnings during the shutdown year, you know, during that they still increased their earnings, which was pretty pretty impressive of course. You know, they're a non-cyclical type company, of course. They pay a 4% dividend And I like the fact that it's a $48.93 stock or a $49 stock, and they're going to make $6.22 next year. Okay, so that means you're well below 10, like an 8 PE. And the range, the five-year range, is 7 to 18. So it's right near its lowest range, really high return on equity of 91%. The only little negative about it is their debt that I don't like. You know, that's the. If I wanted to be pick out something, uh, that would be it. I mean, they're growing their earnings thirteen percent, the most recent quarter sixteen percent before that flat before that five percent. I mean, they're growing their earnings pretty steadily, and it's right near its low, so it's hard for me to say. Well, I wouldn't buy it. I I think this is where you would buy it in the you know low forties, mid forties. I mean that's that's ideal. It's at forty-eight ninety-three, so and it's come off a forty-five eighty-five low. So so I think this is where you do buy it. So if you were gonna buy it, I'd buy some now. Appreciate the call. Cardinal House, C A H is a symbol, everybody. C A H. And yeah, it hasn't done great, but man, while you're waiting for it to Just go to a normal PE range, midpoint of their PE range, you're going to get 4%. It's hard to beat that. Time for another break. I want you to give me a call 888 99Chart.
0: You are listening to Invest Talk every Friday on the program and the podcast. Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888
2: 99 chart. 888 992 4278. So, why own bonds when yields are so low? Now, maybe we need to look at it a little bit differently. Why own bonds at all compared to stocks? Remember, out there, always keep in the back of your mind, there's competition for dollars between bonds and stocks. Always competition. So the more yield bonds pay, the more attractive they are because there's a yield on stocks, an earnings yield on stocks, a yield that is much higher than bonds. But as bond yields go up, that yield on stocks looks less attractive. The reason why the yields are so high on stocks is because they have, hist- over history, have produced a good 9%, 10% yield overall per year. Why would I want to own a bond that produces 2 or 3%? Well, the main answer that all of us come to or know about it's because they're a lot safer than stocks and they are stocks are a lot more volatile but over time stocks are earning you a lot more money so we are at a historic low yield right now for bonds bonds are very yield most times people when they talk about the yields of stocks we, we start with a 10-year treasury long-term average of 10-year treasury is about three percent similar to uh inflation maybe a little higher than that, similar to inflation. Um, when the yield on the bonds is lower than inflation, you're losing money, even though you're getting a yield from the bond. So inflation is 6%, and the 10-year Treasury is paying you less than 3%. you are losing half your buying power every year, but just by owning the bond. So we're at a very unusual time in history when bond yields are so low especially when inflation has picked up like it has because usually bonds will stay up with inflation and we don't have that situation now we really don't so you know we're looking at what one and a half two percent on the one and a half one and three quarters on the 10-year treasury Right now, I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not trying to get into specifics because, you know, I do that every Friday. And I give you the, every week, I tell you exactly what it is. Um, but the, we're trying to understand why bonds, why we should own bonds versus owning stocks. Remember, stocks can go down 50%. 2008 went down 50%. 2019, during the COVID uh, thing, one month, it went down 37%. It has to be 500, one month. You don't see bonds doing that kind of fault. Well, well, it does occasionally, I have to admit. But generally, it doesn't. If you buy the bond, hold it maturity, you'll get your par back and the interest here. Pretty darn reliable. So, what's going to make bonds go up? Well, the Federal Reserve tightening money. The Federal Reserve uh, increasing the only bond, the only interest rate they control is the overnight rate to banks. When they lend money to banks. And that's the only rate they control. All other rates are controlled by the public. But as the Fed, you know, think about it. The Fed pushes its overnight rate to the banks down to zero. The banks can lend money out pretty cheap and still make a lot of money because money doesn't cost them anything. So they tend to compete, the banks, and they lower their competing. They're out there. They lower their rates, the the interest rates they charge customers. And that's what happens to drive it down. Now, when the Fed starts raising that overnight rate, the banks say, well, gee, I guess we need to raise our rates too. Or, on the other hand, inflation starts eating into the bank's return, they start to think about, I need to get more more yield on 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 the loans I make. I need to make more money on those things. See, so there's all those little different pressures, but the Fed also can buy bonds out in the marketplace. And what that does is put bonds on their balance sheet and gives whoever owned those bonds lots of cash. That's that's what we talk about when the bank is very easy money policy. It's putting cash into people's hands, businesses' hands, and they got to do something with it. it. So the banks is competing out there. I mean, the Federal Reserve is competing out there for bonds, also driving down interest rates. It's 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 not a simple thing, but it's very understandable. So when is that going to turn around, and the interest rates start to rise? Well, when the Fed gets out of the marketplace buying the bonds and the Fed starts raising rates. Rates will start to start to increase. And the natural market out there, supply and demand, competition will set the rates of all the bonds. Remember, the Fed Fed does not Fed does not Control the rates, okay? Okay, we have all seen the news that there are plenty of jobs available now, but if you are in the market to switch jobs, landing the job you most want may take some skill and then you need to be smart about it. What kind of skills? So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Even when job applicants are skilled in the required areas, a hiring manager may choose to pass on that person. So, what are the three reasons people don't get hired for a job? At the break, I will supply the answer, but for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage you to give me a call. 888-99-CHART. At Parker, our
0: purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART
2: Okay, I gave you a terrific question before the break. Okay, and that was, um, let's see, uh, about jobs. Okay, before the break, I gave you the terrific question. Even when job applications are skilled in the required areas, a hiring manager may choose to pass on that person for three main reasons, three reasons that are most quoted. Okay, so if the phrase uh, interview process conjures up the image of chatting with hiring managers to win them over win them over and career experts and all that kind of stuff there you have to understand what you're doing you know you if you want that job there's things you can do to improve it that to me make perfect common sense okay so now this is a recent survey by 500 hiring managers and it's conducted by Money Penny, a corporate, a corporate answering service. It looked into the reasons people don't get hired and found three red flags. One, having a lack of passion for the company. Let's say you go into an interview and you, you're just going to interview to get the job. You know nothing about the company. You know nothing about who runs it, who's in charge, what direction they're going, what their main products, do they have new products coming out? Anything like You know nothing about that. You just sit there and answer the questions, and you don't even discuss how exciting the company might be for you because of these different things that they are doing. You have to show interest. Makes perfect sense to me. Being late to the interview. Now, I've I have hired many hundreds of people in my career, and I never hired one who was late to an interview you're late, you're done. I don't even want to talk to you. I don't even want you to come in. I don't want to talk to you at all. If you can't make the effort to be on time, why? What makes some, um, a hiring manager think that, gee, maybe you'll be on time for every day you come to work. Or maybe you won't be so, maybe, maybe you won't be as cavalier. Remember, this is the first opportunity for you to make an impression, and that's the impression you're making. Why would I hire you? Third, displaying poor phone or email etiquette. Now, if you really want a job at a company, wouldn't, after the interview process, after you're done and been interviewed, wouldn't it make sense for you to thank them and express... Uh, express your concerns or any questions that you may not have answered that they might have uh that you know you're still very interested and you would love the opportunity to work for the company and excited about it. You can do that by an email or you know my my day when it first came out a a letter was common but also a phone call follow up that shows the person who's hiring you that you have interests. Now, that's if you want the job. If you don't want the job, don't do any of that. Now, if you're smart and you want the job, you will pay very close attention to these three things because it's true. It's true. And if you're going to interview with some older people, you need to dress the part. You can't be cavalier about how you look. It's important how you look. You want it, they want you to to have an image that the company wants to have public facing. Now, if it's a tech company, that's different than if it's old line insurance company. They're all they you know. It depends. You have to you know project the image they want, and you need to understand that that's what that's what the job is all about. Anyways, let's keep moving. And pivot back to an InvestTalk voice Voicemail question that came in earlier, 888-99-CHART.
1: Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Brad from New Jersey. Thank you for all that you guys do. I listen to your show every day to and from work. I had two questions. If someone were considering joining KPP Financial and having you guys manage their money, what exactly happens? Does all the stocks that we have in our portfolio now, do you sell them and put what you guys currently have based on your choices just trying to figure out more about that and the second question is about the kpp financial premium newsletter i was wondering if you guys had maybe an old sample somewhere maybe on the website that we could take a look at just to kind of see how it works and what it's all about again thank you for all that you guys do love the podcast take care
2: well sure those are good questions if on the newsletter if you want to see a copy of an old one or the most recent one uh, just send me an email. We will send you a copy of the most recent email, uh, newsletter we sent out. Well, I don't mind sharing those. to so give you an idea what it looks like. As far as the first question, when someone comes aboard, our custodian that we use is TD Ameritrade. So if you're at some other custodian than that, we'd have to open up a new account, help you open up an account. We would send you the paperwork and open up the new account, then transfer your old account to the new account, Okay. Uh, and then when you have positions that come over in that new account, we have we happen to call them orphans. Uh, we call them orphans because, you know, maybe we don't love them, maybe we do, but we will take care of them until we think it's time for them to leave the nest. In other words, if there are positions that we like that you own, we will hold on to them for a period of time. But the object is to get you into the same position we have for ourselves, for all our clients in the particular program that you're in because we want your performance to be exactly as my performance. So the, we're eventually going to get you on board with our stocks. Hopefully you you own some of ours uh, that we already own but yeah you know, not necessarily. So yeah, we will take we will sell those stocks if none of them are the ones that we already own, but we won't do it all immediately. Okay, now, and also, you know, there's been cases where clients says, I really don't want to sell this stock or that stock. I just want to hold it in my portfolio. And we will do that on a case-by-case situation. And we just won't make that part of our managed part of the account that we're holding for you. In other words, we can exclude it from management. In other words, you just leave it there and leave it okay. 888 99 chart, 888 992 4278. Yeah, the Fed is meeting. Okay. And the question is are they behind the curve on inflation? More and more people are saying so. Remember, all throughout last year or this year, really, all throughout this year, the Fed has been saying that the high inflation rate is transitory, it's going to pass. Well, Go away. Okay. Well, we haven't seen any evidence of that. In the most recent month, it was higher than was the month have been most of the year. So it's not been transitory so far. They've also said or pledged they will address inflation if it jeopardizes the economy. So they have said that. Now the question is: is inflation jeopardizing the economy? And remember, they're meeting right now. We're going to know tomorrow. What what will they do? What do they do if they think it is jeopardizing the economy? What will they do? I can tell you what they're going to do. If they feel inflation is not under control and it's going to stay high or go higher, they will start to raise interest rates to slow the economy down. Now, of course, the stock market will react immediately. done doesn't like that at all, right? So, is it, what does the stock market think they're going to do? Well, I don't think the stock market really knows. I think that they're nervous, and you can tell. But the last week or so, that in two weeks, the stock market's been bouncing around a lot. So, I think they're nervous, and we'll get a better idea after the Fed meeting when they make their announcement. So, I don't know. I think the I think the Fed is behind the curve. I think that uh, they should have started tightening some time ago. I mean, very, very slowly, but tightening, not necessarily raising interest rates. They got to finish, they got to stop buying bonds in the public, uh, be, which is in a sense reducing their loose money policy. They got to stop that first before they even think about raising rates. Now, there is a school of thought that said well they should just keep buying bonds and they should raise the rates first instead of buying uh, slowing down their bond buying first there there's a different school of thought and can't argue whether that makes more sense or less sense I'm, I don't know I wish I was smarter let's grab another uh, voicemail question 888-99 chart
1: hi steve and justin my name is Renee and i'm calling from st louis I'm a fairly new investor. I've been hearing your show for about a year now. I'm interested in two stocks, Blink Charging, B-L-I-N-K, and Plug Power, P-L-U-G. Just wanted to know your thoughts, if I should sell or hold. Thank you.
2: Okay, let's take a look at, uh, let's see, Blink, uh, Blink, B-L-N-K, B-L-N-K is the symbol. Okay, Bling Charging Company uh, owns, operates, and, and provider of electric vehicle charging equipment and network EV charging services. Uh, the stock is selling at twenty nine dollars and ninety seven cents a share, and it has lost money every year since its existence. It's going to lose a dollar twenty five this year after losing five. This is per share after losing fifty nine cents last year, thirty eight cents before that year, and next year it's going to lose a dollar forty six. More. Now, sales growth has been pretty sharp. Uh, it grew 600% in the most recent quarter. How much sales did that equate to? $6 million. So so, so it's a very, very small sales for a company worth $1.2 billion. Um, I'm thinking I, 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 it has no interest for me. It really doesn't. Um, I think that whole area is an area that is in, is a good area to be in because there's nothing but, it should be growth in that area. But it owns and operates and, provi- and and provider of electric vehicle charging equipment. I kind of like that because there's a lot of electric vehicles out there. I just have to look look into the competition. That's what I would look at. And what makes their products more valuable or less valuable? And what's their profit margin? Those things, I don't like the fact that it's been losing money for so many years in a row while electric vehicles have been getting more and more and more popular and it's going to lose more money next year. Now, maybe it's because it's growing so fast it has to buy supplies and that's why they're not making money yet. And that's a good thing. Eventually, sales continue, then they'll start making money. So negative cash flow. Management owns seventeen percent, like that. That' a lot. Okay, I want to take a few minutes to talk about KPP Financial, if I can, just a minute or two. I'll probably make it fast. Um, that you know that will benefit you. Um, and I'll remind you uh, here on Investor uh, that we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking, of shared success. And one of those things that we 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 operate under is what we call parallel investing, meaning I buy and sell the same things for myself as I do for my clients in the various programs. Now we have a number of programs, five, and one's very very conservative, and a couple are pretty darn aggressive. So we have the we run the gamut from conservative to less to moderate to aggressive. We run the gamut. So I'm in every one of those programs. And you can decide which program you want to be, but whatever program you choose, just know that everybody in that program, including myself, own the same thing. Okay, so we think it's important to know. Remember, we're in Irvine, California, which is between LA and San Diego, but we can we we have, you know, we're SEC registered, so we can do business all across the country. Um, and we are not pushy. We're not one of those kind of companies. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I, I you know, Justin and I, we will help you if you just want some feedback. We'll help you with it. We'll help you. We'll take a look at your portfolio, tell you how risky it is, try to figure out how risky you want to be, and we have different tools for that, um, and then answer some basic questions about whether or not you are, you know, on target with your risk profile with what you want and what you're invested in. That's up, you know, We and there's no obligation. We will help you. We prom, I promise we will help you. This is a mess talk. Justin and I thank you for downloading our podcast and telling your friends about it. You know, we're what? We're we're getting quite a few downloads and we really appreciate that. We're gonna play another caller question here in about thirty seconds, so hang on.
1: Hey, how's it going, Steve and Justin? i been listening for a while, and i got a question on SVC, Service, Properties, Trust, it's a REIT. And I've been invested in it since about $5. I'm just wondering if these REITs for, like, hotels are good to stay in, or should I just go ahead and get out of it and look for something else? All right,
2: thanks. Well, of course, it depends on how it fits in your portfolio and whether or not you know it. it, it is something that you want to hold on for a long time. It's a REIT. Real Estate Investor Trust that owns 310 hotels, with forty nine thousand fourteen rooms or suites, and in seventeen uh, centers, the seventeen centers, thirty nine states, and in Canada, so um, it's going to make money a dollar next year after losing a dollar one this year, but it made a dollar twenty three last year. This stock has usually makes three four dollars a share for years. It was doing that. Now it's back up to $1.65 next year. It only pays a half percent interest at in $8.60 $8. stock. So it's fairly low priced. And sales growth are pretty sharp in the last couple of quarters. I, I think I'd hold on to it. I think I'd hold on. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. We all want that. I want that. Everybody wants that. So let's try to get there. Get... 888 99Chart is our number.
0: Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments.
2: 888 99 chart. Let's go talk to, talk to Jacob in Chicago. Jacob, how you doing?
1: Good. How are you? Nice
2: to I'm talk good. To you. I appreciate their call. Thank you.
1: Thank you for all you guys do. Um, my question today was. About Norwegian Cruise Lines, uh, it's something I've been interested in all year and followed closely. Uh, they've been uh, pushed down in the recent last four to five months um, from their 52-week high. And uh, to me, I've been just chart-following it. It seems like it's found its bottom, and I just wanted to know your opinion on that stock. and uh, If you feel uh, it's got lower to go, or do you think it's found its bottom and hopefully it'll trend up?
2: Well, I think around... 14 or $14.5 a share is probably the bottom. Uh, It's at $20.34. I will say this on a shorter term basis. This is close to the bottom. Okay. Um, Okay. But I like to look at a bit longer because, you know, cruise, it's cruise, everybody. WC, I mean, not W, NCLH is the symbol. It's uh, Norwegian cruise ships. Operates cruise line. I think everybody knows that. <clears throat> and everybody knows why they're suffering. Just let me put it this way. And it's before COVID, this stock was always around $50, $60 a share. Now, is it going to go turn to that area? Well maybe it can't get there for a long time, but it's at $20 a share now. I think it can easily get to $30 or the mid-30s even $35 without too much difficulty the big question is how much debt did they are they going to have to take on right to survive covid really that's the, the issue and is there going to be any more covid outbreaks that is going to shut down these ships that that's their biggest overhang i, I kind of think they'll make it I mean sales were huge 153 million in the most recent quarter when the quarter before that was 4 million the quarter before that was 3 million a year ago it was 9 million now it's 153 million in the most recent quarter so they need that sales to do that and it is and if they survive their stock's going higher just now jacob is how long do you want to wait for that to happen how long will it take that's really the issue i think it's going to take a few more years but you know, I think I think if they can survive, I, I think they're going much higher. I do. Just take some time. Jake, appreciate the call. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, um, Toyota is going to spend seventy billion dollars to for its cars to be electrified, or their fleet, I should say, to electrify their fleet. Over over the next month, they're going to spend one point two nine billion on a on a battery plant in North Carolina. So now, they're also Toyota is also the the largest car maker, but the also the most or the least optimistic about <coughs> excuse me electric cars. Don't misunderstand me; they are optimistic. They think their electric cars is going to be a big, huge wave of the future. But they're also placing bets on uh, different technologies. They're they're placing a big bet on hybrids, gas and electric, and also, um, was it the hydrogen engine? So they're they're not just putting all their bets on electric cars. But they do think they, th- and just so you know, by twenty thirty, where a lot of car companies think it's going to be, you know, 90 percent of their fleet's going to be electric, they only think about a third of their fleet, new sales, would be electric by twenty thirty. So they're taking a little bit more conservative attitude, and I find that I, I find that more in line with my thinking. Because, you know, you've heard me complain. How are we going to electrify all these new cars? Uh, how, how, what are we going to do with, uh, do we have the proper battery technology that will support all these new cars? That kind of thing. You know, there's a lot of issues here. Do we have the infrastructure for this in place? And Will we have it in place in the next five, seven years? I don't think so. Anyways, interesting stuff. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Best Talk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about us. It's a free podcast download, you know that. <laughs> uh, so get yours anytime iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. And if you do uh, rate us on iTunes, you can ask a question, we'll get to it right away. We would appreciate you rating us. Independent thing and share success. This is Best Talk, everybody. enjoy Enjoy your evening.